Thanks to everyone for joining us today for Northumberland FA podcast series from the sidelines. Uh, our special guest today is Ross Flintoff from Newcastle United Foundation. And the topic we're going to talk around today is one small step into, into a club, one giant leap into management. So thanks for joining us today, Ross. Um, do you just well, want to share? Do you just want to share your journey with us and, and your coaching experiences to date? Uh, yeah. So I uh, attended Gateshead College doing a uh, BTech, um, and then with with that I had me studies and football training, playing football for the college. And as well as that, uh, tied into the BTEC was a level one coaching qualification. Um, wasn't a, it's, it's not a badge, it's a certificate that you get at the end. Um, and then I stayed on for another year to do a level two certificate um, within the college. Then after that, um, worked uh, with football in the community back then, Newcastle United Football in the community. Then uh, I've stayed there ever since I got full time, which is now Newcastle United Foundation. Um, UEFAB level, um, then moved on to semi-professional with Brandon United. Um, had four years there um, with them. Um, moved to Wolverton after that. Uh, after Wolverton, I was at Annick Town. Then from um, Annick Town, I, I was joint manager at Durham City. So quite a quite a journeyman there, Ross. <laughs> uh, but it's a bit for being a for being a young coach or a, or a or a joint manager, I think I've been in been there and done it. No, I haven't really. So, Ross, just before we start on on, on your experiences there, the it must it must be good working for a, a really good organisation as Newcastle United Foundation and seeing yourself develop into, into, into the coach that you are over. How many years have you been at the foundation for now? Uh, I think it's about 14 years. I'm the longest yeah. serving member at the foundation. Fantastic. Um, the foundation has been fantastic with me, fantastic for, um, you know, gaining qualifications, gaining experience from uh, reception age, four or five to walking football where I could be working with ages from 70 to 80 years of age, men and women. So I've had my experience for the younger ones and older ones and anywhere in anywhere in between that with the age range. And and we'll we'll come on to mentoring later on in, in the in the chat, but I think that's really important, isn't it? If you've got an organisation that can support you and help you develop as a as an individual and as a coach, um, for your for your development, basically, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. If I if I didn't have the foundation there supporting us, um, helping us along, um, giving us observational feedback, um, I don't think I would be the coach I am today um as well as um you know having my experiences in semi-professional um i don't think i would be the coach um now because i think that allows you in both scenarios it allows you uh to learn to develop and to fail which again is is a strength really not really a, people say oh if you fail it's a weakness well yeah, okay. If anyone, if people have the opinion of that, yeah. But I think it's it's a strength, and you have to make the the so-called weaknesses 
a super strength with working with the reception uh, and working with, you know, more experienced people like the 78 year olds on a walking football because, you know, they have um, been there and done it. Um, the younger kids it is great because every, every time you work with them, it's all about making them have the best experiences of Newcastle United Foundation, but of course of myself or another foundation member. Um, and once you see the smiling faces or like today, the ran through the door shouting Ross, it was like, I, I get treated like a celebrity and mm. it's, and it's great. It's yeah. great. I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So, um, I think I'll, I'll still be at the foundation for another 14 years, I think. And, and I think all them different experiences and, and challenges that you have with the different age groups makes you more rounded coach as well. Ross, you know, you're dealing with di di different challenges um, in different ways, you know, as you say, with the primary primary school uh, children uh, and right up to the to the, the more mature um, footballers, you know. Um, but but getting back to the getting back getting back to the topic then, Ross. So uh, one small step into a club, one giant leap into management. So let us let us start with sort of your experiences around the the, the step five, six, and seven where you've been working in the the Northern League and Wearside League, um, Northern Alliance. Uh, what sort of experiences you had then? Because that's a challenging area of, of, of work, isn't it? Yeah. Um, experience I've had is, again, have been brilliant experiences, especially the four years at Brandon, um, where I know we're coming on to the mentoring um, a little bit later on, but uh, I think everyone knows, I think you'll know as well, um, there was a Dutchman there called Bert Jan Hegemans, and for four years he was my mentor. He basically said, um, you can do anything you want. I was allowed to fail. I was allowed to, to, to put good sessions on, bad sessions on, fail, whatever you want to do. He wasn't really that bothered as long as I was learning. I was learning and developing and giving the lads good experiences on um, training nights um, and trying to develop the, the lads into the first team, which was Brandon United. Um, then I was, it's, it's hard because I've had reserve team football when I was at Brandon, then um, had a couple of um, managing experiences in the, in the first team. Um, and then I moved on to the WSI League with, with Wolverson again. Good experience, different league, harder league to get out of than the Northern League, in, in my opinion. Um, then after that, again, another good experience at Anik, where the, the chairman used to always say, you score first and you win. Um, sometimes that wasn't always the case up at Anik. Um, but then from there, I've... I've moved on to I moved on to not so much bigger and better things, but things in the Durham City where you see the other things. It wasn't always around football or football training. It was a, around the experiences of, of of managing players, managing like 
people really um how can you get the best out of them what do they want um where did do they see them playing where um did and where we saw them playing as well was totally sometimes was totally different um so we just had to try to manage that to the best of our ability as well and I think we did that on 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 the occasion where um players would like to play at different places and see themselves we did play different players in different positions um obviously didn't work out they knew so they were reverted back to the to the positions that that they were so we've, it wasn't as though it wasn't no you're not playing there and we have final say it was like okay then go and show us what you can do um and sometimes it was great sometimes we just said look i think that position is better for you and yeah they agreed and we didn't have any sort of disagreements arguments falling out it was you go and do your best job you can do for the team and that and that was my experience of managing people managing players managing um the outside so it could be the training nights could be the kit could be um speaking with the chairman with with different players because we've got some players from Holland academy who who came in and played forward which were which they were really good as a mixture of very young players with the experienced players that we've had so yeah trying to it was good trying to blend it blend it all in like like you know gary like Sometimes you only have an hour training session once a week and then the game's Saturday. So we couldn't really work on set pieces. We couldn't really work on the things sometimes that kind of let us down in games because it was we wanted the the players, you know, the, to try to play out, to like to build a midfield and then do anything that they want. They were had the full reins free in the in the final third, especially especially at Durham. Um, so that's what we're trying to do, and and the and the players liked it. The they they enjoyed it. I thought, um, obviously, the ones on the bench didn't. And how did we try to manage that? But it was good because we had the league games and we had the cup games as well, like a Champions League format back then. I don't know if they did still do it now. Um, where who who didn't play on the Saturday played on the Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening in in the cup game. So we had the best of both worlds, really. If no one was happy, the new the next week after the Saturday, they were happy again because we were playing straight away. So we didn't really have that sort of arguments or any, you know, like backlash, really, because they were playing and they enjoyed playing. How did you manage the expectations of the the young Dutch lads and over here? Um. There hasn't been, what, what, were their, what were their expectations? Um, a lot different from what they used to. Um, mm. I think we've, we've had we've had a couple, um, you know, and from their expectation of playing football was more uh, technical based. They, they mm. thought it was. Because when I was at Brandon in the in, in the uh, Durham Alliance, um, it's quite physical and 
footballers in England is physical and sometimes they, they couldn't handle, handle the physicality. Um, so, but we're great with the technical ability, which everyone knows that Holland probably is the best technical nation in the world. Um, but then how did we manage that was just, you know, um, depending on where they played as well, depending on what team we were playing. If it was a physical team and we didn't think, not so much that they couldn't handle it, but I think if um, they would, either would, they would get hurt or if we didn't think that um, they could perform, we would, we would, you know, would would start them on the bench. They would come on. Um, but the next week we played a, a team where there was less physical, so they played as well mm. straight away in the starting lineup. So again, at Brandon. I had a we had a quite uh, good coaches as in experience of more experience in in youth and uh, I was the youngest there and we had a lot older people than me and, and I think we got the the blend right uh, at Brandon and if I could go back there I would you know mm. if every if, if everyone was the same there and all the lads were there again and. Um, and if if I could have that time again at Brandon, I I probably would go back there, and have that time. And as coaches, we we look to set standards, don't we, um, within within the club and and creating that positive environment, uh, especially in, in in the level that you've that you that we're talking about. Um, it's certainly quite challenging on a training night um, after the lads have been to work. Uh, other girls have been at work all day. Um, yeah. How have you? How have you sort of managed that? And the stand, think, obviously the, the high standards that you've got. I think uh, for myself, I'd like a demand the, the highest standards, but with a little bit of fun in in there as well. So it could be, you know, like I know it sounds really silly, but obviously with the male game and the female game, female game is more social. And the kind of like that kind of um, tag game aspect before the before the come in with a ball without the ball have laugh and carry on and then it's you know serious time when we need to work on this either for the Wednesday when I was coaching at, at the university or the Saturday when I was um, coaching at or sorry Sunday when I was coaching at you know Newcastle United development team the um, Newcastle United women. Um, in Middlesbrough, women where I've I've just left and trying to create that environment in 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 with with the male game is having a bit chat to them before the before the uh, train have a have that conversation where um, just to check what mood they're in and if they're in a good mood great if they're not in a good mood we might have to tweak things for that individual might have to tweak things for the full group. Um, but just checking on them really, like how's work, how's a family, how's um, different sort of situations, um, and that's that's how I try to create a positive environment. And mm-hmm. where I kind of got that from is I was talking to one of the um, players that I've coached previously. Um, and, and I just asked them out point blank, what what do you think would were, were my kind of best trait? And, and and one of the, one of the players said, look, 
you can you can be serious and you can have fun at the same time mm-hmm. and I said uh that's what the kind of were like because you know we knew when you were serious and wanted to start training before you know the game on a weekend and you can have a bit bit fun with her as well so it wasn't so when you were weren't always going to come into sessions where oh we're not going to enjoy it or oh, it's, it's ross again and he's just going to make we do the same sort of stuff it's a little bit like uplifting bit bit um yeah. try to make it fun try to make it um like funny for them examples different things and then once that was out of the way then it was serious time to 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 uh train for the for the weekend's games whether it was mm-hmm. a tough game or we saw yeah we could probably get three points here but we never took it as in we'll turn up and win we never took it as that mm-hmm. and, and i wouldn't let myself to uh to create that atmosphere or that kind of coach manager trade on the players yeah every game's a tough game whether the bottom of the league top of the league middle of the league in my opinion so it was a thing where you're saying really important to have that mix that blend yeah. between the two yeah, yeah. um you've had you've been to a, a few clubs ross um what's the what's the importance around the the the, the club committee uh giving you that full backing I think it's very important, especially in semi-professional football, because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be in the job. They believe in you. Uh, they want you there. Um, they believe in your players. They believe in the side you pick. So um, in that respect, I think it's really important, because if you didn't have that, um, then there could be arguments, then there could be um kind of separation from the playing staff and from the 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 background um committee members things like that that what they didn't agree with um but everywhere i've been was we've always been positive they've always liked me as a person first and foremost as a as a coach well i hope i, I hope they have anyway <laughs> um and yeah i just think if if you treat them properly, they'll treat you properly. As in, you know, politeness, manners. It doesn't cost you anything to be nice. So if you're nice with them, I found they'll be nice with you. Um, like in any walk of life, but in football, sometimes mud sticks. Um, and if you if you don't have that kind of good reputation, and if you if you become, you know. Not so much a bad person or a bad coach, but if you kind of just don't have those qualities as a person before a football coach or before a manager, then, like I say, mud sticks. And, and especially in football, words get around where people don't think you're up to the job, people won't employ you at the club, um, things happen different places. Um, and you might not get that chance that you've that you've really wanted. So I, I think you know manners, politeness um, doesn't cost you to be mm. to be nice. I think that's important first before you talk about the football side of things. Mm. Um, 
like I say, in every, every walk of life, like if you're speaking to a teacher, if you're speaking to a chairman, if I'm speaking to yourself, uh, speaking to work colleagues, I, like I say, I, I don't think it doesn't cost you anything to be nice, really. <clears throat> Ross, you've, you've done quite a bit of coaching in the female game. Um, yeah. So Chesley Street, Newcastle United women, um, Middlesbrough women, and, and obviously you're at uh, Middlesbrough RTC at, at present. Yeah. Um, how have you adapted uh, your coaching philosophies um, along the way to, to adapt between the sort of the male and the female game, if any? Um, I think, especially in the male in the male game, where okay, you can say certain things. You know, obviously being around in dressing rooms where you know there's a lot of colourful language going on, a lot of sometimes a lot of swearing. Um, and after that, it, it, it's finished. Um, but the female game, game is it's all about your, your tone of voice and, and, and how you speak to them properly. Um, again, going back to the mood as well. What do you think? How, how's your day been? How's um, certain aspects of, say, for example, school? How's school been? How's, how's work been? If you get a good vibe, then you'll get a good you know, session. Uh, if you don't get a good vibe, then you may have to tweak it for different players. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's just treating people how you want to be treated, really. Um, mm. Nothing, there's no rocket science into it. It's just how you want to be treated. And I just think in the in the female game, no disrespect to the lads here. Um, I think the, the turn up, they want to get better, they want to learn where in some respects where any age, including myself, I want to get the ball out and I want to put in the goals straight away when I'm at training or straight away when I go out for the warm-up before the three o'clock kickoff. So you kind of have to manage that as well. Um, but again, all about your tone have to be, you know, doesn't cost a thing to be nice. I know I've said this loads of times, but it doesn't. Uh, treat them as in an adult, treat them as in a proper person, speak to them properly, speak to them respectively. Um, and yeah, just but be you though, you cannot really copy anyone or you cannot really um, think about you're someone else, you just have to be you and they'll respect you more for it. Um, any additional challenges in the female game that you've that you've had to overcome? Um, not not really. Not nothing like um, as in. There's have had any, any arguments with anybody. We might have a difference of opinion. I think that is. Um, I think that's all it is. It's 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 not like a. Um, oh well, I'm not doing that for you because I don't think you're a good coach. I think the mutual respect's been there. I think um, how 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 you respect people, um, and yeah, and, and and that's just about it. That's just me being me, being respectful, being um, probably quite a shy person at first, and then when. 
people get to know from coach player, player coach, then you know you have that more banter with the players, more um, certain aspects of more of a conversation, more of a um, like a, a respect, a respectful friendship, if I can call it that. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned it earlier on in the in the, in the uh, podcast. Um, mentors. Uh, how valuable is a coach and mentor? And and I suppose, have you had any along the way in your co- coaching journey? Um, yeah. yeah, and role models, I suppose, as well, linking yeah. into that. Um, I think I've had a I've had a couple of lead Bert Jan Hugemans at um, Brandon, just allowing me to do anything. Really allowing us to fail. I think that was a that was a big one. That's the impression that I got. You can do anything you want, and you can fail. Um, Neil Winskill at the at, at the foundation where you could talk to Neil about anything regarding football. Can you check my session for the advance tonight? Can you check my session for maybe a school session? He was always around there, really approachable. Um, then Ben Dawson, who was my line manager when he was at the foundation again really approachable, could ask him um, anything he wanted and he would he would give you the answer straight away. Um, and not really, in, in, in possibly work colleagues as well, mentoring as in um, about that critical friend type thing mm. um, where you ask them what what could you have done there a little bit better? Well, you get taught about coaching. What could you have, what could you do next week that can help that player or things like that? And that's what that's what coaching is. It's not it's not all about you know doing a session plan and then going delivering it. I think it's about go, uh, talking football is coaching as well. And I think those three mentors um, really really helped kind of. You know, mould me as the coach I, I I am today, and I think for a young coach, I think it's it's so important. I know they've got the FA coach mentors, but I had a mentor before the FA coach mentors came came around. Um, like I say, I'm not trying to rubbish the FA coach mentors because I'm not. I'm just trying to think about my experience of of having a mentor early on and. Those mentors moulded me into the coach today. That if I didn't have those people, I would have struggled. I would have struggled with confidence. I would have struggled with my self-esteem. Would have struggled with putting on any session I wanted to, any ability, any age, male, female, um, anybody really. Whether that's in semi-professional football. Step three of the of the women's game, um, and yeah, and and if and if any young coaches is listening, I think you need to go and try to find out who can help you the best. Mm-hmm. Um, can not so much give you all the sessions that that you want, but give you the advice that you need at the right time. So you'll probably want to try to find a mentor for you, which is right for you. 
you can find one at the right time. It maybe it might be the the right club for you with the right mentor, which all those is a great marriage. And then after that, with with being a young coach, you need to listen. And I know young coaches are so enthusiastic. They probably had more enthusiasm than I had when I was younger, but they still need to listen and they still need to um, think about things, process things, where a mentor can give you that, can give you that kind of alternative to think, oh, right, you can do it that way, that may be easier. And you think, all right, I'll, I'll give that a try. Um, so, yeah, I think a mentor is very much valuable to your coaching experience and your, in your coaching um career yeah i think having that support mechanism that you and someone that you can speak to and um sort of share ideas with and then as you say have that critical feedback um and reflect on what went well and what didn't go so well uh, yeah. and again sharing that with that support mechanism and it, yeah. you know as you say it doesn't need to be a mentor it might just be a work colleague someone yeah. that's prepared to support you and, and give you some advice moving forward um think, sorry but again I think, you, I think you need someone that's going to tell you like the truth as well yeah yeah um I, I, I like them three menos because they would tell me look you've done this good you haven't done this well you need to improve on that and yeah. that's what i like even yeah. though i might not have liked that feedback that's what i needed at that time um so again in invaluable and um and it worked really well for me yeah ross coaching traits um do you want to mention yours or do you want me to go through them uh i can mention my own, my own if you if you want gary yeah go on um so first one's uh being adaptable yeah second one's being organized Third one, you have to have the right work ethic with the industry that you're in. Uh, I'm emotional. I think I'm knowledgeable. I think I've got some knowledge of the game. I would like to, you know, add to certain um, players, certain clubs. I would like to think I've added value down the years with my knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I'm really good at you know, promote a series of fun, uh, series in slash fun environments where, yeah, I, I can have fun with you, but I can't be serious at the same time. So I think one of the, the, the best traits for English coaches, uh, you have to be adaptable. Because if you're expecting 14 to turn up on a train night and when you got 13 and you've planned for 14 and your session works for 14, you can't say, uh, you can't borrow from another squad or, you can't say to that 13th player, oh, right, I don't need it tonight. Can you go back home now, please, and leave you with 12 so you have an even number? I think that's one of the best uh, coaching traits that English coaches have, that adapt uh, adaptability to adapt to anything. Anything, the weather, the numbers, the session, anything, really. Uh, myself being organised, I like the plan. Um, I remember a time when football development manager again Neil got all in and I had my session on a little bit of A5 bit of paper for the advanced session and he got all session plans in and and, and we had a meeting about them and and um, he didn't like how we um, 
we're using session plan. So ever since that day, I'm session plan. I do session. I'm I'm quite sad at the minute because of of lockdown and previous to lockdown, I always try to produce the best in the right session planner template for me. And I must have about thousands in, in the house lying everywhere, all over the place. Um, so yeah, I like I think I, I am organized, I am prepared, I have I have planned for the um session with work ethic as well. I think I get that from my uh, dad because I don't think he's ever missed very rarely missed a days off work being ill. Um I think the only time he's he's off work is when he when he books leaves and, and I think that is a, a again a good a good role model for me because you need to work, you need to you know you need to live and with working hard you can always reap the reward so I kind of get that work ethic from him. Uh, being knowledgeable, I think um, with being on courses, being on different courses like the youth mod courses, the UEFA courses, FA level uh, twos, ones. Um, you know, it's it's all about you know getting that qualification and then you know trying to produce things where all oh, right, I I don't. I, I don't go to that now. I've completed my course and now I've got to make up practices myself. So yeah, it is a little bit like a driving license. So pass the course, you know, the way you want to, and then it's up to you to develop your own kind of coaching qualities, your own kind of um, knowledge yourself by either that's watching TV, looking stuff on social media, internet, watching other coaches work, um, at various places and just build your knowledge like that. Not so much copying, um, take stuff and then adapt it to your own players, to your own environment, whether that's grassroots academy, you know, could be semi-professional level, um, could be pro level. Um, and I, I always try to promote serious and fun so I can be serious with the with the players or I can remind them I'm I'm serious and then we can have a little bit of fun in the in the session either that's either that's in the warm-up or in the main session itself I think I'm quite a good uh, I think you said it before um quite a good blend of serious in in being fun because I think I, you have to have that you have to I call it about like spinning plates Mm -hmm. So you have to spin a plate for this player, you have to spin a plate for where I've been previously. Um, some people love passion practices. I particularly love them. Some clubs, some teams, some players don't. And um, that was quite hard to understand because that's a fundamental of football. If you can't pass it, then we'll... we'll and if you can't practice passing, then I think we're in some kind of trouble. Um, but yeah, love. I, I just love coaching. I love, you know, like making up practices that I've made myself. And if they work, if they don't work, back the drone board. But it's not all, you know, doom and gloom. If, mm -hmm. if you're getting coached by me, I think everyone will hopefully have enjoyed it through um, up to now and then through previous, previous years. Well, I hope anyway. Russ, how would you like to be remembered as a coach? Um, if I got to retirement age, 
and uh, people, you know, are talking in a, in, a, in a bar, for example, and what do you think of Ross? And if I, if I get an OK, I'll be fine. If I got, uh, uh, yeah, Ross was OK, wasn't he? He, he was an OK coach. Um, because I think, I feel like as though I'm quite um, reliable, hardworking, honest, all those kind of traits, but I don't think I'm quite there renowned for as, you know, very good coach, great coach, great technical um, coach or a great technical coach. But if I got, that's what I'm striving to be, but if I got from anybody, yeah, he was an OK coach. He'd he done OK for me. Then I think myself, looking back on it, um, yeah, I think I've achieved my, my, my coaching career. And it's a process, Ross, isn't it? You know, you've, you've just said it there. That's that's what you want to become. Um, and it's it's putting all your experiences that you have in, at the minute and over the last few years, putting them together and learning from them experience to, to improve you as a coach. And yeah. without having them experiences, you're never going to develop and improve your, your skill set and, and your knowledge yeah. and your adaptability. So they, they all work hand in hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ross, um, what's your plans for the future? Uh, if, you, if you were going to ask us what's, what's my ideal coaching job, is uh, I know this sounds silly, but I can dream. Uh, I want to work full time at Ajax full-time uh, as a Ajax youth coach and helping and seeing the conveyor belt of talent come out of that club because I think it's the best one in the in the whole world to to work at for uh, technical ability, the football, and how they produce and develop players. Uh, my kind of long-term plan, my getting my feedback on the ground plan is to hopefully complete my UEFA licence um, well, I need to get on the course for that, to be fair. So I need to, I really need to get on the course um, and see myself as a UEFA licensed coach before I retire. That would be nice. And hopefully work in either the male or the female game full time. That's where I see myself as a, as a, as a career. Fantastic. Ross, good luck with that. And thanks very much for sharing. Uh, your experiences and your coaching journey with us today. Thanks very much for having us on, Gary. Uh, truly honoured to be asked. Thanks very much.